time for Twin Talk with Jose and Angel. Identical twins who swam the placental waters together and have navigated life as identical individuals. At childhood, the brothers shared clothes, a room, and birthdays, thus fortifying their bond. Nevertheless, their differences became apparent. While Jose and Angel love country, family, and rock and roll, they rarely see eye to eye. The only constant is their unique alliance and rivalry. They may have shared the womb, but they don't share opinions. And welcome to another edition of Twin Talk with Jose and Angel. I'm Jose. And I'm Angel. And we are broadcasting live from Theo Luis's garage on TwinTalkCast.com. Yeah, and we're also doing it out of the uh, largest internet radio network in the world. That's Live365.com. You just got to look for our radio station. It's called TwinTalkCast Radio. And you know what? We want to invite you all to give us a call at 626-275-8946 throughout the show because we... Um, want to hear your comments and uh, interact with you as well. You can give us your comments throughout the show also on Facebook, on Twin Talk Show, and um, um, on, on Twitter. On Twinstagram, too. Don't forget Twinstagram because that's what we do. Because we're twins. <laughs> well, tonight we have a fantastic show. Tonight with us we from educate, educate.org. Founder of educate.org, educate.org, teacher and um, skater. Greg Felder is going to be with us today talking about the fact that he has the first, he, because of him, there is the first skate park on the school campus. You know, that's a, that's a great way to keep him from ditching, man. And that's the whole point of it. And uh-huh. yeah, he is an, a fantastic guy. He, um, he teaches in the L.A. Unified School District, uh, the second largest school district in the world or in the country. Also, he is uh, a special needs teacher and um, a coach of, um, of a soccer. He coached my, soccer, my kids' soccer team. Well, it's a lot better than Florida. Over in Florida, at some, co- at some high school, they're actually pimping girls. And he's, a, <laughs> he's a skater, and he's a teacher, nice. and he's a surfer, and he's a cool guy. He's a good-hearted man, and he's got an awesome program. A seriously awesome program. He's going to be in here? He's going to be here tonight. Talk about eduskate.org. Please go look it up online, eduskate.org. Dot org and there's ways to help. It keeps kids off the street, it builds confidence, all kinds of stuff. It's really awesome. I'm gonna I'm gonna show him my ollie. <laughs> you know, I was gonna rem- I was gonna ask him to bring a skateboard to teach you how to ollie. Yeah, on air. Oh well, maybe I'll text. I'm gonna text him right now. <laughs> Not trying. To anyway, know. also with us tonight, a voiceover artist, actor, comedian, radio show host from El Pocho Hour of Power. Our very good friend, Jeff Keller. Comedian. Did you say comedian? I did actor? say comedian. I did. Jeff Keller, man. He's going to be with us tonight. We uh, have a lot to talk about. You know, a lot. I dig Jeffrey. A Keller. lot came down this week with the whole Ferguson thing and uh, the whole race thing is back boiling at the top of, and simmering at the top of things again. And Jeff Keller is uh, one of those individuals who's not only a great entertainer, but a good mind when it comes to this kind of issue to discuss things. And, uh, you know, even though sometimes he and I are on the opposite sides, it's with the utmost respect, and the guy's right on. So we're going to have with him on tonight. He's a cool cat. I'm glad. He's also, you know, I mean, he he's uh, he's done a few stand-up shows recently. He's also my, my alter ego, I guess, because after all, he feels in for me when I'm 
when I'm not around. Yeah, when you're not around, he comes <laughs> in here and he hangs out with Jackie and I, and, I, and we do pretty good. Also tonight, as uh, mentioning Jackie, with us tonight with the news and Dirty Laundry, the girl from Telemundo and NBC giving us what's up on the latest uh, Jackie Casas. Jackie, what's going to be on the news tonight? Hey guys, tonight on News in Dirty Laundry, riots and protests have taken over the streets of this country over a black teenager shot by a white police officer. I'll give you the latest on the protests. Also, Obama made a controversial announcement impacting millions of those living in the U.S. legally and illegally. And finally, here in Theolusa's Garage, we're going to go ahead and help you out with this upcoming Thanksgiving holiday. I'm going to give you the no-no's. For Thanksgiving. All that and more coming up on News and Dirty Laundry. <laughs> and Jackie Casas is with us in exclusively on Twin Talk with Jose and Angel. So stay tuned for the News and Dirty Laundry the no coming up. for Thanksgiving. <laughs> also tonight, I uh, will be... Rega- don't, I will don't, be- <laughs> you don't, let me tell my, my buddy Pancho. Hey, Pancho, you don't have to go to the exes, okay? You don't got to go to the X, okay, just to be all nice on Thanksgiving. Right? <laughs> You're going to regret it, Holmes. Also, tonight I will regale you with another edition of my Patriot Pass, which is where I exercise my right to freedom of speech, whether y'all like it or not, because I respect your expression and your right to express yourself as well. Did you say regale? Yes, I did say regale. What does that mean? I will regale you. Uh, look it up. Uh, you don't know. <laughs> Regale means to, ex- to to entertain you with a story or a a, a sonnet or 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 a thought a, or a thought or something like that. Much like you do, my brother will also close the show tonight with his edition of the Chill Lounge. The Chill Lounge is going to be a Thanksgiving edition Chill Lounge. Whoa! Because it's Thanksgiving tomorrow, eh? It's going to be like I can't wait. Are you yeah. going to meet up over at my mom's house? To, I tomorrow? sure am. Right? Sure, I'm going to mama's house. Did right you call on. her? It's her birthday today. Oh, dude. Oh, Shit. let's do it on air. I better call her Let's right call now. her right now. Hold on. Hold on. Let's do that. Let's, we're going to call our mom <laughs> on the air because it is her birthday and my brother forgot. So. I didn't forget. Just that she, she didn't answer the phone in the morning and then I didn't call her back. Okay. My, uh, our sister Marissa had a hard time getting in touch with her today, too. I don't know if she ever did. It's because mom was ill. But we're going to have her on the air. Let's hear oh, you. Okay. Okay. I can't believe you forgot mom's birthday. I'm telling you I didn't forget. I just forgot to call back. Okay. But, uh, yeah, mom's birthday today. Okay, we're calling the Hernandez residence in Baldwin Park right now. Put OBP, eh? The 626. <laughs> Post it. Hopefully. hopefully. No? Hello, may we speak to Ophelia Hernandez? This is Jose from Twin Talk with Jose and Angel live on the air. Si, yo soy Ophelia Hernandez. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear mommy. Happy birthday to you. Thank you. Está en vivo en el aire ahorita, señora Hernández. Hi, mom. We love you. Happy birthday. Thank you. Estoy en el aire. Estoy en el aire. Hey, mom, it's, it's, it's okay to talk Spanglish. Oh, Spanglish. Oh, estoy en el air. How are you, mom? Well, very... Huh? ¿Cómo está, mijo? We're good. We're happy to hear that you're okay, you're good and happy. You feeling better? Yeah, I feel that's better. 
Well, I went to spend all my birthday on on urgent care, but now I'm home oh. and I feel better. Oh, you were at the doctor's today, huh? Yes. Oh, well, I'm glad you're better, ma. Mama, cuídese. Tomorrow. I am. I'm. Me cuido todo el tiempo. Mom, mom, let, let, let me ask you something. ¿Qué piensa usted? What do you think today of all the riots that have been going on in Ferguson and all over the country? I think they're crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and what do you think about Obama's... Um, you see how they burn uh, uh, buildings and all the stuff for what? For what? Good point. Good. ¿Para qué? ¿Qué fregados? Yeah. To pay me for pay after just for build it again. Yep, just for build it again. And what do you think <laughs> about Obama's executive action that, for the immigrants? ¿Qué piensa de eso, mamá? Oh, que está bien. <laughs> it's bien. It's all good. It's fine. <laughs> okay, mom, we got to go. Quería, hey, quería... Hey, oh. les, dio, les dio a tole con el dedo. <laughs> <laughs> the saying goes, uh, how do you say that? Uh, I, I don't know. That's it's a very interesting saying. Yeah. How do you translate that in English? It it, it amounts to a tease, a, a little tease. It was a tease, a little tease. Basically, Obama's teasing the uh, the, uh, the the immigrants, the immigrants, because by giving them a taste uh, of his finger, of his finger. Yeah, yeah. Good there saying, go. mom. Very good, mom. Okay, mom. No más les dio les dio tole con el dedo para que se aplaque un rato. Mom, les manda saludo. Marisol Marisol is on Facebook. She says, "I love you, mom." I love you too. All my my great my all my crazy kids. <laughs> <laughs> y también le manda saludos Jackie. Say hi, Jackie. Oh, hola, señora Ophelia. Feliz está? cumpleaños. <laughs> She's so excited. She's Estoy on air. Estoy muy bien en mi muerte. <laughs> Ay, qué bueno. Qué <laughs> bueno. No español. You went to Mexico. How you... You went to San Miguel Allende? Sí, sí fui. Yeah. What, do you listen to the show, Mom? How do you know? Estoy robando el show. Felicidades, que lo disfrute hoy su día. Muchas gracias. De Ustedes nada. También. Abrazos, abrazos a todos. En uh, I, I wish you guys have a very nice Thanksgiving day. Don't eat too much because then you're going to get fat. We'll see you mañana. <laughs> Thanks, mom. We'll see you there, mom. We'll see you at your house okay. for Thanksgiving. Okay, mijo. Bye-bye. Love you. Love you, mom. Bye, Bye, tía. Bye, tía. <laughs> and there it is. It's mom's birthday. If you guys want to send her birthday wishes, go to Facebook. Uh, look up The Grands. T-H-E-G-R-A-N-D-S. The Grands. Send some love to our mama if you want. I think it's a private uh, thing on there on the grounds. Is it? Is it? I think so. Then just do it on our Facebook. Do it blog. on our Facebook on Twin Talk. Say uh, happy birthday to the twins' mom. There. Here you go. <laughs> <laughs> That's mom. There you go. I just saved your ass, Angel. Hey, you did. I uh, told you. Totally did, man. <laughs> hey, man. So, so I thought you were going to be like in Ferguson. I was all worried about you because, you uh, know, I got to tell you, I'm glad you say that because 
I was worried as well. I knew it was going to come down this week. Yeah, I asked too. I'm like, are you in Ferguson yes. right now? <laughs> Jackie's so nice. She texts me all worried. Um, a lot of my friends are there. Uh, Stephanie Elam, I watched her on TV getting rocked, uh, which is terrible. Uh, uh, Jim Bjorklund's there, but she's playing it safe. She's staying inside. The, uh, NBC has a compound. but um, <laughs> uh, Bulletproof. Uh, <laughs> but I got to tell you, I have uh, my, my uh, Israeli tear gas mask and everything ready to go. Israeli? Yeah. Why Israeli? Is that Because that's like the best one. In Israel, they pass them out to all the... Everyone and all the citizens of Israel have a gas mask. Really? Is that so? For, yeah, forever because of all these terrorist attacks. But anyway, <laughs> um, here, let me tell you uh, two words why I didn't end up covering any of that this Twin week. Twin talk. The voice. Okay. Thank goodness for the voice. The, because uh, uh, okay. working for NBC News, yeah. the uh-huh. voice is the biggest and hottest show on the network. Mm-hmm. So they love to cross promote it. So because of that, as you know, that's why I work The Voice. I cover for for all the local affiliates across the country. I do coverage on The Voice. And they were not going to pull me off of that unless the world was falling apart here in Los Angeles. So I got saved for that. So that, there you have it. Right now, well, good for The Voice. Yep. <laughs> I saw the picture you post. That's cool when you post and you, uh, you know, because it's, uh, people get to see like the, like the behind happenings. You know, I really like when you do, what do you call it? Decompressing the shot or uh, deconstruct the deconstructing sh- yeah. the shot because you can see all the lights and stuff. I'm I'm biting your your, your skills there. <laughs> but you do you do good stuff, man. Thanks, man. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, man. So there you go. On a side note, there is an audio dude that works on The Voice that I met last week. Uh-huh. And he said he knew you, but I don't remember his name. Is it Bobby Cruz? No. He doesn't work the voice all the time, he said. He's only kind of occasional. I was like, really? Where I was did like, you meet my him? friend. <laughs> occasional. It was this, <laughs> like, it was a commercial that I was kind of working with for uh, Mazda. And, big, big guy? Um, no. He, well, he was kind Are of tall. Are you freelancing on the side? No, it was just something. To- trust me, I have no idea how this came onto my laps. But basically, <laughs> I, I uh, there was like a whole crew and uh, and there was an audio guy, and he told me that the crew, the film crew, was from New York, and he was the only one that was local. So I was cool. kind of like chit chatting with him, and cool. and somehow the voice came up. I said, "Oh, my friend works on the voice." He's like, "Oh, really? Cool. What's his name?" And he said he knew you, but I don't remember his name. <laughs> you know what? It's too bad Shakira isn't on there still, because even though I don't like the fact that she, you know, she sold out, I was gonna <laughs> this year. I was gonna make you. And let me in with you. Make you. <laughs> Just show up, bro. Come on. I will, but who's there now? It's Pharrell, Pharrell Williams. And Gwen oh, Stefani. Yeah. Gwen Stefani. Gwen Stefani's cute, but she's, she's too tall for me. I, <laughs> I got this thing about. I don't have, I think they're gorgeous. I just get a. You know, I used to. Uh, <laughs> enough of that, because my girl might be listening, and, you know, it's just a celebrity, baby. Anyways, it's time for your shout outs. And uh, your shout-outs are brought to you by Aladdin's Jr., the second Mediterranean cuisine and concert venue. I'll give you a little more information on that later. But the twins, my brother and I, we love you. We, we just really do. So we want you to know. We want to get in t- touch with you. So uh, we give you your shout-outs. So first, I want to say a shout-out to Reina. Hey, thanks for posting that uh, that uh, post on Measure 92 for labeling GMO in Oregon. They're, get, they're recounting over there. Yeah, it's crazy, huh? Because I guess it only won by like a point something. Or didn't win by point. See, seven. the system works, folks. Work it. We'll see, but uh, we'll see what happens there. Cross your fingers. Uh, I also want to give a shout out to Elizabeth Reese. Hey, baby, don't forget the dessert. 
Okay, don't forget to. <laughs> oh, and have fun in the desert this weekend. Uh, post some pictures. I'm interested in what you're doing. I also want to give a shout out to a few people. Thanks for posting on our Facebook. Jose Medina, Roz Richardson, Maria Guerra. What's up, homegirl? Uh, Christine Elkins, Joaquin Sandoval. Hey, Billy. You said you were going to be here last week, eh? But you weren't. What's up, Holmes? I uh, also want to give a shout out to uh, from Groove Session, man. I saw them this weekend, a free show over in uh, Ontario. Uh, Sarvin, Ron, and Manny. You guys got to check them out. Anybody, you look for Groove Session music on Facebook. Uh, this trio is funky. They rock it. Uh, they're going to have a show in Redlands on the 28th. Awesome, dude. Yeah, I love these guys, man. They're, they're for real, man. You got some shout outs? I want to give a shout out to Sarah Fruman. Happy Thanksgiving, Sarah. You rock. Want to give a shout out to, to shout out to Tassine, one of the coolest, sharpest interns around. You have a future in television. One of the first interns I've worked with that does not want to be in front of the camera. She wants to actually do the news from behind the camera. You rock. Good to work with you. Want to give a shout out to um, uh, Matt Goldberg. Hey man, I'm in the investigative unit in January. Thank you to you. I'm going to be there the whole month. We're going to kick some ass. There you go, Mr. Goldberg. Uh, oh, one more shout out. Carlton, eh? He won. Carlton? He won. Who are you talking about? That uh, Alfonso, man, he won the Dancing oh, with the Stars. Oh, he did. Yeah, eh? yeah. <laughs> and you know, he's, he plays softball here in Burbank, and I, uh, I was at the batting You're cages. you kidding me. Yeah, he, he plays uh yeah, I think he lives around here because yeah. I've heard of several people have Carlton sightings in Burbank. Yeah, we shared a batting cage together once. <laughs> Carlton year, sightings. I think Carlton lives in Burbank. <laughs> did you see when he actually busted out the Carlton dance? Uh, yes. yes, I did. <laughs> yes. I, I, I see the posts on Facebook. I've been following it on Facebook, Facebook. But I have to admit, I sat and I watched the finale yesterday. My wife was watching it. And I, I was having a beer uh, with my wife. Well, she uh, wasn't having uh, a beer. Yeah, whatever. You did and, the, the man thing, right? But you know what? I was rooting for uh, for Chong. He did pretty good, but he wasn't on the finale. Anyways, those are your shout-outs. Uh, they're brought to you by Adams Jr., uh, the second Mediterranean cuisine and concert venue. They're in the city of downtown Pomona. There's an arts district over there. You guys got to check out. It's pretty rocking. On 2nd Street. That's Aladdin's Jr. the second. On 2nd Street, Pomona, California. Beer, music, and great food. Uh, tell them the twins sent you. Tell them the twins sent you. Okay, we'll be right back. Remember, tonight we have awesome guests. We have the news and dirty laundry coming up. And uh, we'll be right back. Martinez, your loca host of Mass TV. 
Just wanted to check in with y'all and let you know to catch our show every Saturday at 8.30 a.m. on Channel 20, DirecTV, Dish, and AT&T U-verse. Tune in. Welcome back to Twin Talk with Jose and Angel. I'm Jose. And I'm Angel. And we are broadcasting live from Theo Luis's garage on TwinTalkCast.com. Yeah, we also do it out of the largest internet radio network in the world. That's Live365.com. Give us a call at 626-275-8946 is the number to call. If you want to chat us up, have a question, make suggestions, criticize, or just send us some love. Dude, we rock it, eh? That's like a nice little dance we do right there, eh? <laughs> we should go on uh, Dancing with the Stars. Eh? Uh, knock yourself out, bro. I'd rather go so on. Like if on if a... you dance with me, you'd be dancing with the star, right? Eh? <laughs> Tonight, we have founder of Educate.org, educator, founder, and I guess you could say he's a community organizer. He helps the, the kids of the community by starting the very first on-campus skate park, and it's a real skate park. Where's this park at? It's uh, at Lacante Middle School in Hollywood, and he's, it's a real deal with boards and everything. Helps kids <laughs> keep kids off off the streets and uh, build it's, confidence. It's just not a couple of plywoods like we used to when we were little, little kids, right? Anyway, he, <laughs> yeah, and he's a he's a cool guy. Um, um, uh, uh, teaches uh, special needs kids and stuff. Also tonight. Tonight with us also, and uh, to chat us up a little bit, we're going to talk about the whole Ferguson thing and race uh, relations, uh, voiceover artist, uh, comedian, actor, and co-host of the Pocho Hour of Power, our friend Jeff Keller is going to be with us tonight also. But right now, right awesome. now. Awesome. <laughs> I'm, I'm excited about meeting this skater dude, and I'm so happy that Jeff Keller's on because the guy is such a cool cat, and he's funny. Yeah, he's funny. All right, there it is. There you go. Hey, Jackie wasn't here last week, was no. she? But we had a good show last yeah, we week. Did. We did the news and dirty laundry yeah. ourselves. Talk about news and dirty laundry. Now that you hear that guttural beat, and you can grab you, the kind of beat that grabs you from the loins and say, it's time to listen. That means it's time for the girl with the pink headphones, the girl... With the news and dirty laundry from Telemundo and NBC multimedia journalist Jackie Casa. Hey, Jackie. Hi, guys. So, what's up, babe? How are you? How's daddy? Dad is good. I'm so sorry I wasn't able to come in last week. Dad had a little bit of an emergency at work where he kind of sort of split his head open Uh. and got some stitches. Did he? Sadly, this is not the first time this <laughs> has happened, but uh, this is the life of a mechanic. Sometimes they drop things on their hands and cut their heads and stuff. So he's a mechanic, huh? Yeah, he's a mechanic. He's been a mechanic for uh, over 30 years or I, so. I, you know, I try to do my thing on my car so I can save money, but I have some questions. Maybe. What's your dad's first name? Rito. What is it? Rito. Rito. Yeah. R-I-T-O. Como Margarito, pero Rito. Yes. Yes. I like that name, Rito the Mechanic. Yeah. Rito el Mecanico. That's what he does. And he had a. Rito Mecanico. A little bit of an oopsies. And of course, my dad's kind of like, I'm fine. Hey, There's like blood coming down his face. Hey, I like that. He's show. such a. I like that. Rico Mecanico. Rito with a T. Rito uh-huh. Mecanico. With Rito. a T. Would your dad be interested, seriously, on doing a Rito. El Mecanico radio show. <laughs> Seriously. Well, he does like to talk a lot. A half, a, a half hour show to start. Spanish. 
Remember the, the the mechanic, the two brothers, one of them died recently? Really? Some of the car guys. Really? One of them died? Yeah, he died like three weeks ago. I love that show. Uh, the, I, under, same model, but just Rito el Mecanico. <laughs> Ask him if he's interested. I'm dead serious. What would he twin- talk about, though? It's Theo Luis's garage. Mecanicos. Have you, ever, have you ever listened to the car guys? No. Go online, listen to the car guys. Fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah. One of them died. Their brothers did it for like 16 years. Wow. They basically have people call in with their mechanic problems. Oh, okay. And they know everything they about They know everything it. about cars, but they're funny. Hey, but Rito this is, mechanico, this is the Mexican version. Now, he's going to be, uh, okay, get the hammer. You <laughs> 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 go, dale, boom. <laughs> <laughs> and then grab a beer. <laughs> I'm Before talk- you do the second boom, I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk to your dad That's about Mexican version. Mechanico, I love it. In Theo oh, garage, it. it's fitting. Oh my gosh, I will pitch it to him. He is kind of shy, but once you get him going, it's really difficult to get him to kind of pipe. Down. I would love to meet your parents because. You turned out pretty good, Jackie. Oh, thanks. My so. parents are really cute. Honestly, <laughs> cute. I love my parents. They're so super cute. Yeah. My dad is a mechanic, and he wears glasses, and he's super cute. And then my mom's kind of like this really like tough chick. Yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> she's just really tough, but it's like super cute. They're adorable. Nice. I well, like, I like watching them sometimes. <laughs> All right. They argue about. <laughs> I, they just they just do the funniest things. I don't know if, what it is about parents that they're just so funny. The older they get, they're just they're just they're not. A, when you're younger, they're like annoying. You're like, oh my god, my mom, my you're dad, so embarrassing. But I feel like, holy crap, what was that? <laughs> wow, you blew my ears, Jose. <laughs> Sorry about that. I think that's a sign to get started with our news tonight. I don't know how that happened. (laughs) Lots of news going on in the last week, guys. Uh, We've had a hot topic in the last week of the grand jury decision out of Missouri uh, in the case of of a black teenager that was shot by a white police officer. In Los Angeles particular, hundreds of people have marched in downtown the last few days. This is today the third day against the grand jury out of Ferguson, Missouri. The protesters gathered first at the federal courthouse and marched to Los Angeles PD headquarters before going around to multiple places in downtown L.A. and even so much as stopping traffic along several different freeways. Oh, oh! I thought that was a sign for like some sort of sound or something. We're closing the garage in case there's any more rioters out yeah, there. Yeah. Last night in particular, there was <laughs> almost there was almost 200 arrests from protesters uh, in downtown LA, making it the number one uh, other top arrests throughout all of the cities that have had protests. Keep in mind, there have been protests in Oakland, New York. Obviously, Missouri has had massive protesting, looting. They've had burned down uh, buildings. So are you saying that even though there was... Uh, Missouri had the worst damage and looting and violence. Los Angeles were, went with the number one highest n- around, amount of arrests. You know what that means? Because I, I saw an interview with uh, Chief uh, Charlie. What Beck. does it mean? He straight up said, if you, that, that uh, he basically said, if you guys are sitting down because you want to be erect- arrested, I will be glad to oblige you. Oblige you. I'm paraphrasing, but it's pretty much what he said. I'll be glad to oblige you. Well, he's, he's, I'm going to keep order, he's saying. Uh, you, you, know, know? you know what I think? Uh, I think uh, as far as a protests are concerned, I think it's okay. People can go out there and protest your civil right. And, yeah. and we should be, you know, don't, don't bust anything up. But, but, uh, but, you know, 
I think that it it can't stop there. And 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 people are really good at protesting, but they're not good at actually doing something. You know what I mean? They uh, people get on the wagon, if you will, and 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 the people need to actually start really organizing. You know, after this fizzles over the protest phase if you will right it needs to go to a phase of organizing and actually doing some kind of you know uh movement of you know introducing legislation that, that's funny you mentioned uh, that because you know, uh, really going to people to have and then get these people to vote how many of these people that's funny you mentioned that because i'm going to cover that on my patriot pass and we actually agree on this because a lot of these people these civil unresters i hate the whole term this progressive term i think it's okay civil, for them to be civil unrest civil I, be- I believe in that. No, I, listen, civil unrest. I believe in it. When you're going in and you're burning down your towns and no, burning I don't, and, and looting, that's that's what the, they're calling the civil unrest. No, they're rioting, and that's stupid. As a matter of fact, no, a black not, man, not let everybody let me, is let me rioting. A sentence, Angel, let me finish sentence. Um, they are rioting, and a man actually, a black man, was shot and killed not far from where Michael Brown himself was shot and killed because of these riots. Isn't that ironic? How do you how do you effectuate uh, change? By killing your, another black man the, and damaging a property and your own neighborhoods, it happened here in '96. Was it '93 with a with '92? '92 with, with uh, Rodney King. King. But let me tell you though, too, um, uh, I I understand people getting upset at the rioters, and uh, unfortunately, the people that um, uh, the 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 rioters and ones that are actually causing a ruckus and all that kind of stuff, they're uh, don't get caught up in that. Don't. Let don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. In other words, because I I believe I, and I wasn't out there, but I believe that the majority are not doing that. And the 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 problem here is is that I really believe, and it's by based on the decision by the grand jury, it it affirms to me that there is a fundamental flaw, for lack of a better word, a fundamental flaw in police policy on how they engage the the. Uh, 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 a suspect. So let me ask you this, and I know that's, that that uh, Jackie wants to play some audio, but let me ask you this shortly before you go there, and we'll keep this short because uh, Jackie has more to say. I'm sure um, that um, then you believe, you believe. Uh, uh, let me ask you if you have been interred on the report um, that the grand jury looked at and the evidence and the testimony by several witnesses that corroborate Dan Wilson, the officer. You, do, you, do you not believe that? Because by listening and reading what I've read, it sounds to me like it was justified. I think that it, um, no, it wasn't justified because, uh, no, I don't believe it was justified. I think that the, uh, the, the, uh, there's other ways of apprehending uh, uh, a suspect it doesn't have to be, you know, kill, uh, and 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 that's what what I'm saying. The I, policy, I, I and because I don't think you, I don't think you're, I don't think you know the facts, in bro. No, no offense, no. but I don't think you've I read. Heard the facts. I read what, what I read, and I've been listening, and I've read what supposedly are the facts. Uh, the uh, I kind of suspect that it's all bias, because then you would have. Uh, if you think these riots are bad, then you would have pandemonium if indeed this this policeman were indicted because then across the nation, next thing you know, everyone's going to be want to, wanting to indict, indict, no. indict, indict. That's why there was – that's why I believe that this gentleman, uh, this cop was on the news the next day. The, 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 the government – 
asked him to be on the news the next day to kind of continue this facade. Uh, I disagree. I think it's the opposite. Well, let's. Uh, I bring, you bring up a good point, Angel, on 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 what uh, this uh, officer actually was interviewed by George Stephanopoulos uh, last night. Let's go ahead and take a listen to that interview and what he said uh, really went down that night. He's back in at me again. Uh, this is a, just to set it up. This is from after he encountered Michael Brown and Michael Brown, according to reports from him and eyewitnesses, Michael Brown. Um, um, according to Darren Wilson, I'll, I know this much, Michael Brown attacked him while he was still sitting in the vehicle, and then that's when his gun was discharged. Apparently, according to him, he went for the gun. Uh, the gun, he shot it five times, and I think it only went off once, and shot Brown in the finger or in the thumb, and then Brown went off running, and this is what he says. Looking at him, I was just like, racket, expecting another hit, and I put my gun up and fired. Then I go to exit my car. And when I'm getting out, I use my walkie and I say, shots fired, send more cars. And I start chasing after Michael Brown. Why not stay in the car? He's running away. Because he's not. Okay, here's the deal. Here's the deal. This is utterly ridiculous. This is my answer if I was Darren Wilson. (laughs) Because I'm an officer of the law. And this man, when I rolled up on him, did not know he he had just robbed a store. (laughs) But when I rolled up, I got the call a few minutes later, and he fit the description, including the color of shoes that he was wearing. And when I approached him, or I rolled up on him, he attacked me. Therefore, to me as a police officer, he is a bad guy. And my job is to chase the bad guy. Okay? That's why I ran after him. Now, if you don't want the police to chase a bad guy, then effectuate the law so that all we do is write fucking tickets. That's utterly ridiculous, stupid. What do you mean don't? <laughs> oh, just he just attacked the officer? Oh, why did you chase him? Stupid, stupid question. Ugh. <laughs> My job isn't to just sit and wait. You know, I have to see where this guy goes. So you felt it was your duty to give chase? Duh! Oh, yes, it was. Yes. I mean, that's what we were trained to do. And he run, he the runs. way he asked, I mean, Stephanopoulos is an educated man, but the way he asked, oh, so you really felt it was your duty to give chase? <laughs> you know, as if the that whole point, the man died because you chased him. Do you realize this, Mr. Wilson? Do you realize what I'm saying? The subtext here is he died because you chased him. You should have let him go. Sure, he pushed the guy in the, in, in, the, in the store. Sure, he pushed him. It's just ridiculous. He's out of the car, gets about 30 or 40 feet. You can now get out of the car. Mm-hmm. You start to follow him. And then he stops? He does stop. Why? When he stopped, he turned and faced me. And as he does that, his right hand immediately goes into his waistband. And his left hand... I'll tell you why his hand went into his waistband. Uh, to it, hold it, his pants up because it was showing his chonies. <laughs> he sagging. And he starts charging me. What did you think when you saw that? I didn't know. I mean, my initial thought was, is there a weapon in there? Even though he hadn't pulled something out earlier when he was confronting you. It was still just the unknown. And again, we're tra- taught to let me see your hands. As you know, some of the eyewitnesses have said when at that moment when he turned around, he turned around and put his hands up. That would be incorrect. Incorrect. No way? No way. So you say he the, starts to run, does a stutter step, starts to come toward the, you. Mm-hmm. The thing about that, when you're putting his hands up, what, 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 uh, what I didn't like about uh, what, what the, when the uh, district attorney spoke, it just... To me, there's more questions, okay, than, uh, 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 you know, with this decision of the indictment uh, that begged, begged for there to be a trial. Because wow. this is not a trial. Because the thing is, 
you know, there's there's uh, conflicting accounts. Some people say he did raise his hands. Other people said he didn't raise his That's hands. That's so funny you bring that up because I listened to the whole thing, and I thought that he did a spectacular job of addressing every single one because we did hear That's that. That's what I'm saying. All that, all that you're talking about, Angel, that all happened for the months before on the press. On, it was been sensationalized in no. the media and on social media. And finally, but he I'm came out and you, he addressed, let me finish. I know. He addressed each point directly. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, like his, what I'm saying on that particular point, he said that there was, there was uh, conflicting accounts from different witnesses and uh, implying, based on what he said, to me, implying that, you know, discrediting all, uh, any account that was contrary to, uh, 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 you know, letting, you- uh, exonerating uh, Darren Wilson. So because there was so much, you know, contradictory, I think it should have, it should, it warranted more of a, of a, of a just scru- of a grand, yeah, scrutiny, well, more, scrutiny. more of a scrutiny. The, the grand jury, when you and go wh- to the grand and, and jury. In which way, though? In which way? Uh, uh, a trial. A trial. A tr- I, I think because, that. Because a grand jury is, is limited. It's not the same as a trial. I realize that. And it's funny you say that, too, because I think that, um, what, uh, I think there would not have been riots had he gone to trial because people wanted him to go to trial. So. Um, if he had been indicted, then people would have been happy and cheering because now the man will be going to trial. And the, but to address what you're saying, Angel, um, this is funny because this didn't come out. And we t- I know I talked about it months ago that um, there were six eyewitnesses that were black, black eyewitnesses who witnessed this and corroborated the police officer's story. And let me tell you, uh, let me play the part that he, they corroborated, it's that, which is pretty crucial. And it's coming up right here in this bite. At that time, I gave myself another mental check. I, you know, can I shoot this guy? You know, can't, legally, can I? And the question I answered myself was, I have to. If I don't, he will kill me if he gets to me. Even though he's, what, 35, 40 feet, feet away? Once he's coming that direction, why, if he hasn't stopped yet, when's he going to stop? After... He's coming at me, and I decide to shoot. I fired a series of shots and paused. What did you see? I noticed at least one of them hit him. I don't see, know where, but see, I saw his body kind of... The thing, the thing about it is, is that, there you go. Well, what I'm saying is, again, you know, the, the policy uh, or, and or rules of engagement, it, it has a fundamental, fundamental flaw in it. Uh, and, and they're not... In, in which way, though? Because... You know, uh, you know. Of course, you know this is kind of a a poor example because there was a scuffle prior to. But well, subdue, I mean, they're all subdue. That's, no. that's what you're doing. But everyone subdue, else, is, everyone's eliminating. No, you're editing it so it fits your freaking story. No, I, what I'm saying, what I'm saying. Listen to me. But, but the man, the man that. did not have to be killed. And the, what I'm saying is. The this Mike Brown is not an isolated issue, and why I'm so so strong, uh, um, I didn't think he was going to get indicted because he was working within whatever the the policy and okay, the laws but, but, are. And, but you got to look at the grant. But people, Angel, how about how about in Walmart? This? In Walmart, the kid got shot over there for holding an air gun. In Ohio, a 12 year old kid got shot for holding an air gun. In L.A. in East L.A. last week, two uh, uh, Hispanics got shot. Uh, uh, for no reason at okay, all. Okay, in so Washington, in Washington, a 98-year-old man in a VA parking lot was uh, beat up by three.
three black kids, no race riots uh, in Ohio but last not, week. Two black I'm cops. I'm not talking uh, races, listen, eh? It's I am, but this is what is it? This is race. No. In Ohio, let me finish. But I'm saying, let but me finish. Let I me don't fi- agree let with me you. Finish. In Ohio, last week, two black officers killed a white man. No race riots. We can go on and on. We do have to take this That's, individually, you're, Angel. You're, we have no, to take this individually because you just said you it's omitted. It's not a racial no, thing. I know, but I'm, I'm just... I, Listen, you, you you totally corroborated what I said. No, Angel, this is a racial a, thing. A, a, if, it is a racial thing. No, it's the, that's why there's riots. Yeah, but black but people matter. That's right? That's what I'm saying. That's but the problem is not the we riots. We wouldn't have this conversation if this guy was a black. You're not officer. getting it, Jose. You're not getting me. Listen to me. You just corroborated what I said. I'm not. Uh, we need to look beyond the race card or the race thing. Okay. I agree. Okay. So so you just corroborated what I said. A police off uh, black officer or whatever shoot a white man or, or, or white man shoots a black. It's not the issue. What the issue here is the fundamental policy, the fundamental flaw in the police okay. policy in the rules of okay. engagement. Okay. Because police are more and more are starting to look to me okay, based on everything that I see. They they act too fast. Okay, let, what, me, let me They're ask so you. good at, at macing all the students in, Angel, in but let me ask Berkeley, this. but they don't pull out a mace let me or ask, they don't put out a taser. They'll tase a, a grandmother in somebody's living room, but they don't pull out a taser. Okay. The 12-year-old kid should have at, at the Angel, most had a taser. Angel, let me ask you this. That's what I'm talking Angel, about. Let me ask you this. And it's a police posture of thinking that they're the best. They're bullies. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Forget this whole race. Okay, let me ask you this. Okay, forget the race thing. Because I agree. It's it's not a race issue. So let's take Uh, it off the race. Now, let me, you ranted. Let me ask you this. You're talking about policy. Okay. Mm -hmm. Either you're, it sounds to me like you're editing what you want because. You, you specifically said, forget the fact that there was a scuffle. Let me finish. Let me finish. You just ranted. Uh, for, for the listener's sake, let me say my point. This police officer rolled up on these guys because they were jaywalking, okay? And he told them to get off the street. They gave him an attitude, but he ignored them. It wasn't until he, he conti- they continued forward and he got a call that there was a robbery and the guy fit the description. And we know he fit the description. He wasn't just profiling because there's a video that there's a robbery and he fit the description, including the yellow shoes or the yellow socks or whatever it was. Okay? So then he rolls up on him, Angel, and, and Michael Brown rushed the police officer's door and through the window attacked him. Therein lies the issue, Angel. If the police officer rolled up, got out of the vehicle, said, put your hands up, and all of a sudden there's a dead uh, dead black kid, maybe you have a point. But here you go. What you just said, that goes out the window. The police officer was attacked, and I'm here to tell you, if you're black, white, Asian, whatever, if you're going to attack somebody, police officer or the guy next door, be ready for it to happen and come back to you. And so uh, what you're saying, you're talking about a policy across the board. We are talking about Michael Brown here. In this case, it and, doesn't fit. And see, no, uh, you know what? Michael the, Brown and Darren Wilson. That, that's the thing is that, is that I think that, there, that we, do, we do need to look at whatever the rules of engagement is because they're – But are you saying that happened here though? I mean, I can't believe I, that you – I don't know. That I, I don't know because I really suspect what they say the facts are. Of course because you do. I, And I suspect it because 
you can't indict a police officer and not have pandemonium across the country. Uh, uh, it, there's pandemonium uh, anyway. Yeah, but it'll be worse because then you'll have everybody calling, and that's and it's exactly what, what the police and even the I I suspect that the police uh, the uh, from the the highest point of the government. Let they, me. We don't want to indict somebody because. They're, because if we indict him, he's working within policy. Within I, policy, it says shoot to kill. Okay, we okay. Get, I want I want to I want to play a, a bite that I just had to play, um, um, because you, you like many people in America right now, I believe, are just are just saying when it comes to the evidence, you're just um, ignoring it. You're just totally ignoring the fact that mm-hmm. the in this case, in this, let me finish. No, that in this case, this, that let me finish a sentence, Angel, and let me finish a yeah, sentence. Yeah, I'll say. Let me finish. But a you're sentence. putting words in my mouth. Then let me finish a sentence. It seems to me like you, like many other people in this country who are writing, are completely ignoring the, the preponderance of evidence here. Okay, I'm not saying that there's not no. bad apples out there, but in this case. It, it seems like that's the case. Here is an interview that Sean Hannity did with the lawyer for the Brown family, where he brings up the video of Michael Brown, where he robbed the store, and, uh, the cigarettes, and the store owner walks up to him, and he shoves the store owner. As far as I know, that's a straight-up robbery, and that's an assault, mm-hmm. okay? That's intimidation. And this is what the lawyer, the lawyer says. Listen to this. thing he said to the officer is, F what you say. Number two, we but, but we want to let's go back to the beginning. Well, back How many up, people back up, have you though. seen treat a, a store clerk the way Michael Brown treated that store clerk? He he did not strike the store clerk. He pushed the store clerk away. He robbed him and he pushed him right, stood right up in his face and pushed him but, right into the potato chip rack. But you said it's almost as if he cold cocked him. He didn't cold cock the, that store clerk. He robbed the store. He robbed the store. You know, let, let him finish his last But he did not bite. strike with a fist Hold that on. store clerk. Okay, he did I, not I didn't do claim that. he did, but we saw it on video. He looked very intimidating. Well, Next thing. Well, don't. So let, let's not say. Said, wait up, wait up. There's one more. Looked very intimidating. Well, Next thing. Well, don't. So let, let's not say says, he, didn't, he didn't give him a beat down. <laughs> Can you believe that? Let I me mean, tell you, let me tell you, Jose. They're ignoring the fact. Yeah, no. Well, they may be. I'm not. But, okay. Okay. But, but fair enough. I'm not ignoring the fact. It just uh, but seems like unfor- it. Yeah, but unfortunately, you and people that are in your uh, opinion are overlooking the uh, um, the what's happening more and more these days. It, uh, when pe- when police are engaging suspects. Too many times they're getting shot fatally, whereas, okay, it it doesn't have to go that way. So what I'm saying is I'm not saying that like the, the lawyer saying, oh, he, he didn't sock him. He just pushed him. I'm not going to deny any of that stuff, okay? Whatever they say the facts were, I wasn't there, but when I see a video, he, he pushed him. Okay, whatever. But the police are not judge, jury, and executioner. And too many times we cannot isolate this situation from all the other ones because it's the posture of the police and that fundamental flaw of police engagement with with suspects that I think needs to be revisited and, and, and perhaps things could have been different here. This could go on all night. It's a, it's a really hot topic. And stay tuned in our second hour. We're going to have voiceover artist, actor, comedian, radio show host Jeff Keller is going to talk a little bit more about this with us. 
We got to move on. <laughs> we, we can do. go on and on. We got time for one or two more, and we got to move on. Yeah, let's move on. Let's go ahead and move on to, of course, another hot topic, which I'm sorry. I know it's going to cause a lot of controversy here <laughs> in Theodosia's garage. Uh, but, of course, I have to bring up the announcement of that President Barack Obama uh, just last week on executive action, uh, which impacted as many as uh, could impact as many as five million undocumented immigrant immigrants Igmar- living, living here in the United States. <laughs> Some of the uh, points <laughs> of his um, executive uh, order is that he is extended deportation protections to parents and spouses of U.S. citizens and permanent residents who have been in the country for a minimum of at least five years. Also, those who are eligible for deportation protection and have no criminal record will be made eligible for work permits. However, this does not guarantee a path to citizenship, and the actions could be reversed by a president in the next two years. This uh, announcement that was made uh, last week caused quite a ruckus, where basically he would be evading Congress uh, action in uh, fulfilling the executive action on his behalf. I like it. I like the fact that he did that. You know, uh, it's not it's it's something I don't think it's enough, uh, but I I think it's something. And and his speech, you know, I thought was really a good speech. I think that people should reflect on what he said there. However, I'm kind of upset because what about the dreamers? It doesn't make sense to me. Okay, let me. It doesn't make sense to me that he would give a free pass for a temporary free pass, you know, albeit to the parents, but the ones that have been here since they were little studying and, uh, uh, you know, they can't go to college. Okay, I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna respond to the speech. I did not like his speech. I hate. I'm sick and tired of the the whole rhetoric about these people are here um, doing the jobs and cleaning your. your, your hotel rooms and cooking for you. Look, what are you saying? White folk are lazy? I'm sick and tired of this. Let me tell you. Oh, Angel, hey. I travel this country oh, and I've gone to hotels and restaurants where there's nothing but white people or black people working the hotels and restaurants. And the implications are that uh, that they're lazy, sick and tired of that rhetoric. There's plenty of people here who can do use the work and are not lazy. I don't think that that's that that he's implying that. I don't think he's implying that at all. What what I do what you do fail to to realize or admit, Jose, is that the the uh, immigrant Illegal immigrant labor is a critical uh, uh, part of the economy. Of the blah, economy blah, 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 blah. since the beginning of I, the beginning of this nation. I agree. It's always been that way. I agree. So, and, and so short of having a reform, which we really need, okay? Uh, because you know, uh, capitalists, the capitalistic, you know, these these politicians and all these people that, for some reason, since the beginning, they 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 turn they. They don't want to admit the fact that we're using okay, the immigrant workers. I t- listen to me. As I part agree. Of the economy. I agree. Listen, there, and, and I'm not saying that lightly, Jose. Angel, there are. It's from the beginning. I, I Jose. know, Angel. I know that. I mean, it's I know, real. Angel. I know history, but we're not talking. We're talking. They we're say talking now. They're saying it's history. Angel, now. can I say something without you interrupting? <laughs> Thank you. It, eleven. They say it's eleven million. I believe it's more like twenty million immigrants here are, are illegally. Of course I know that the immigrant worker is an integral part of our economy. And because of that, there has been work visas and things of the sort for ages, for ages. Okay, oh, yeah. so But we're not talking about – let that, me finish. Let work. me finish. 
but that's you know that's a small percentage of those that's not 11 million and their children and their children's children that is not what we're talking about we're talking about across the board and that's the issue yeah there's um you know, they it's take not po- a small percentage. Uh, but, but, every, every, uh, yes, most of all the immigrants that come over here work. No, I don't understand what you mean. That's a small. It's a small okay. percentage I'll, of I'll, visas I'll, that they're I'll giving. I'll explain it to you. I'll explain and, it to you. I'll explain it to you. The jobs in question, where you're talking about them being an integral part of our economy, are easily easily replaceable. Easily replaceable by American citizen workers. Easily, without them affecting, or let me finish, without it affecting your economy adversely. The jobs that you're talking about, that you refer to, are perhaps the crop workers, the ones that are in the fields, which they pay them a lot less, and they're able to do it because that's the way it works in our economy, and they work through work visas, and that's a small portion when of the work. When you say no, U.S. Not. citizens, do you mean citizens or do you mean white people would be willing to do no, that? No, I mean any, I mean any, US, any citizen. U.S. citizen. Any. I, I think... Uh, you know, but but to go back to what the president says, I'm sick and tired of the president saying that only immigrants are willing to do those jobs. That's ridiculous. There's plenty of American I mean, citizens. You, but if rid- you really look historically on kind of like, let's just give one example of crop workers. They really have only been Latinos and and Asians who have done that kind of work. That's where we had the Bracero program. That's where we had and the railroad worker and program. And that's what I'm. And that's, that's a very good point. Historically, and it was only fan- offered to those of. That's a fantastic point. I agree with my brother in that point. It's a small percentage. It's not Jose, 11 or 20, 20 it, million. Jose, Jose, it's not, a, it's not a small percentage. Go to any factory, okay, and, in an area where there's a lot of Hispanics, and a lot of those factory workers are Hispanic. I've worked in the factory world for But we're not many, talking about many, Hispanic. We're talking about illegal immigrants. But, but, but we're talking about an economy, a yes. contribution to an economy. And that's how they contribute. How, they're, they're, how, con- they're contributing because they're being exploited there, too. I've seen it with my own eyes. A I, lot of companies close their eyes and hire through uh, a, uh, employment agencies so that they have the liability if they're if they're undocumented but they know that these they're undocumented and they're exploited because they're paid really low i've seen it myself why do you see a lot of these uh hispanics working at mcdonald's and stuff like that as well because they're low-paying jobs and they're not going to say anything because they're undocumented i'm here to tell you and they are saying stuff and the system protesting on the street and the system knows that and the and and the and and we need to stop fighting about it and really accept the fact that hey you know we need serious serious reform here here's the reform um, seal the border seal the border make it function so that the people that want to come across the border whether it's the south border the north border or the ocean borders do it legally Okay, so that there's a fair. You want to talk about fair? Let's make it fair. Let's not let a bunch of illegals come over here illegally and then give them a, a, what if what becomes a defunct, uh, a de facto amnesty. It is not fair for those who do want to come here and do go through the process legally. Let me tell you about that process. It's it's for the rich. the The process of getting a visa it costs a lot of money. And the ones that are getting it are the ones that can really contribute for the, you know, with with like they're they're like saying, and that's what 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 uh, Obama said in his speech that I didn't like that they're going to be handing out visas. Of course, giving preference to the ones that contribute, absolutely, like in the sciences, of course. But that's totally. 
te- uh, that's totally proving that America is not admitting that the rest of the Hispa- uh, illegal immigrants that are the laborers are not contributing. They are contributing, and they're contributing a lot more maybe than one person that can probably. Wait a minute! He just gave math. he just gave legal, uh, he just gave visas to two and a half. Uh, what was it? Two and a half million or no. five million? No, what he, do you mean he's not? He gave them a temporary. He gave know, whatever. It to them. Right, right, but but you know. He said, you know, going forward, he was going to start giving all these visas from people, you know. So, you know, we need to just admit it, okay? And you know what? The Another thing I want to say is that so many people get so upset about this. And really, you're upset, think about dude. You're the no, one who gets upset. People get upset about the <laughs> illegal immigrants, uh, you know, giving, opening our arms to them. And you just got to stop and, and for, think about what you're saying. Think about what your actions are, okay? You don't want to give, Okay, wrong. And giving, giving is a is an eternal truth. Giving is is something that will never come back to you void. And if you have this posture of holding on to it because they don't deserve it or because you're so angry, because that's no, that's the (laughs) posture that everyone has. You need to check yourself because you're not gonna, you know, that's not the posture. You know, we got respond to that. We got other other bigger fish to fry than to not open our doors to people. Let me respond to that, Angel. You and I, you know. We grew up in the same household. We grew up with the same family, a family of immigrants. A lot of them, some of them came over illegally. Most of them didn't. A lot of them did. We've had people go through our household as they made their way to, to go north to, to pick crops. I was wondering I under- what that tunnel was under the house. I understand. <laughs> I understand the humanity of it, Angel. I really, really do. But there's an economic issue that we can't afford. California, for instance, we can't afford it. Listen, this whole thing about the, the immigrant contributing to our society and that they're going to pay their fair share of taxes. I'm sorry. You yourself said it. They're low-paying jobs. A lot of them have those low-paying jobs. Guess what happens at the end of the year? They don't pay taxes. They get the earned income credit. They get refunds. I mean, that costs money. And uh, this issue about them, the president was very clear about saying they're not going to get some of the Obamacare. I'm sorry. They're going to because each state can do it differently. And there's at least three or four states that does do that. And that is a tax in our economy. And that is a good tax, Jose. When when my money is – I don't care. If my money is going to help somebody, then okay. We should should worry about where my money is going to fucking more. You know, my my – the the handouts to the big corporations. You know – you know what? Yeah. But you can't sink the ship in order to save people. You can't. Sink it's, the ship is sinking. It's not. It's, been- <laughs> still, it's still something that as far as like what the process will be is unknown. That's still something as far as like what they're what exactly is going to go down. They are warning. Everybody has been from, from either side has warned the uh, undocumented to please uh, be aware of possible scams. This is definitely the time where they'll be making money. I don't and see- there's still a lot of controversy as as far as on the end of the Republicans, I don't, I don't see it as a boat sinking, man. I see it as more paddles. Angel, then you need to. What you need to do is look into the economy. I mean, some this, California is almost bankrupt, dude. And uh. and and you know what? <laughs> We're paying more and more in taxes. Maybe you don't, Angel. But I'm telling you what, my my health insurance doubled, dude. I had to take uh. my kids off of my health insurance because. But yet, you know. Other people, those uh, you know, whether they're immigrants or not, the lower income people, you know, what I'm saying it doesn't. It, it's that's not fair share, bro. Let me tell you, that's not fair share. I'm here to tell you, and you know what? Um, studies show that more people, more 
What are you shaking your head for? Because you you, you find these studies you, or you claim these studies, even, and even when you Age find of, them, I don't I don't I don't pull them out of my dreads, bro. <laughs> like you, I do the research. Study show, I do the research, bro. <laughs> I'm not even going to go there, dude. I'm not Study even going to go there. Lots of things that we can talk about with that. It, it's still no developing. Uvas. Cesar Chavez, no uvas, man. It's still developing as far as uh, how it's all going to roll out. And, uh, and Obama is making his uh, trip around the country, kind of basically talking about the, um, uh, the order. Um, but let's go ahead and move on to something a little bit more pleasant. As we know, this week is coming, the Thanksgiving holiday. And here in Theolisa's Garage, we always look out for you. So we have some Thanksgiving no-nos for this <laughs> holiday. So um, so for the holiday, we um, always gather with our friends and our family. And sometimes we bring over the boyfriend and the girlfriend. So I'm here to tell you, don't oh. go to Thanksgiving with a new boyfriend or girlfriend. Oh, uh, don't don't bring them or don't it's go no, to no. their. Oh. It's a no no. Why? Don't bring them to meet your family. I'm gonna tell you it's why. It's a family <laughs> thing. You, they're, too, they're, they're too new. <laughs> One of them being is that there's of course that uncomfortable meet my entire freaking family moment. <laughs> so it's not just gonna be. It's bad enough that they have to meet your parents when you have that. You know, meet my new boyfriend dinner. <laughs> um, but now they have to meet like grandpa who's probably snoring in the living room. <laughs> Tio, you know, Tio Benito, who's probably like, you know, wasted on the front yard. <laughs> Tia Alicia, who's tooting away in the, in, you know, in the bathroom. So it's just. I an, want to meet your Tio. I'm get wasted with him. <laughs> it's an awkward, awkward, uncomfortable moment. So just avoid it. Don't take him. Another reason why is because then people are going to assume that you're much more serious than you really are. So your little cousins are going to be like, hey, is that my new tia? So, so if you're just tapping it, don't bring it for exactly. dinner. Exactly. Don't bring them to Thanksgiving dinner because then everyone's going to start asking you, when are you going to get married? And, yeah, you, could, you know, that's that's not cute. You could stuff it later. Oh, God, you know. Talking about stuffing, <laughs> no one wants to ever see their brand new boyfriend or girlfriend stuffing their faces off as we know thanksgiving is a time to you know eat till your belly doesn't fit in your pants yeah. no more and that's the fun part of thanksgiving so if you're gonna take your brand new boyfriend your brand new girlfriend you're still kind of like in that you know eating with fork and knife so, and only so, small little spoonfuls of food uh -huh. you don't want to see them when you're full-on having that turkey leg stuffed in your mouth uh -huh. and you know going all at it uh, don't do it turkey between your teeth hey so so <laughs> you and sandro where you guys are you are you there yet are you there where you're gonna you, you know with wait a minute can you just sandro. it's not sandro it's sandro sandro <laughs> what i said sandro sandro your 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 other your significant other are you gonna bring him or are you gonna go over there i'm uh we're kind of half and half so I'm, he's more comfortable having me around his family. I'm not as comfortable having uh, him around my family. Uh, I'm very, why? I'm very, I'm very territorial with my family. <laughs> I'm very territorial. If you're going to meet but, my family, it means that we're basically going to get married. But wait, you've been dating gonna, him for a while. Get down. Yes. Yeah. Get down. And Does I he still, need to put a ring on your finger before I you take him to Thanksgiving dinner? Not necessarily. 
it, I just feel like if I'm going to bring you to my house, I'm not going to be bringing out over, you know, 10 other guys over to the house. <laughs> so I'm very... Like would, you, would, you take us, would you take us to dinner for... Totally. I mean, you guys are my friends. I would You're not like my go. boyfriend. Uh, what, what time do you Weird. want us What time you want us there? We do, <laughs> we do Thanksgiving lunch. So we're fed um. and done and passed out by three. <laughs> So, um, so Sorry, those Sandro. are <laughs> those are some no nos for your Thanksgiving date. Now, I'm going to tell you how to survive your Thanksgiving meal. Did you know, on average, your plate can be over three thousand calories for Thanksgiving? Nice, nice, three thousand calories with the. Stuffing, mashed potatoes, cranberry wow. sauce, gravy, all that good stuff. Well, you know what? It's going to um, it's going to add up. So I'm going to give you some tips on how to survive that 3,000 calorie meal. First of all, Purge. start <laughs> off your start off your day with some physical activity. As soon as you wake up, take a 30 minute jog, take a nice little brisk walk. Make sure you try to get some calories Sex. burned off or there you go. Sex before get meal. Get some morning love. <laughs> so you can go ahead and get the day started very physical. Okay, cool. Second of all, I always do. eat your <laughs> breakfast. Eat oh, your breakfast. Really? I'm not killing you. I'm not, I'm, not, killing you. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. Eat your breakfast. The more meals that you skip down on, the slower your metabolism goes. So it's going to be rougher on you to try to burn through those 3,000 calories right. if you have a slow metabolism. Ah. So eat your breakfast. Eat your meals. Be consistent. Mm -hmm. Eat slowly. I never miss a breakfast, by the way. Breakfast is my favorite meal of the day. Really? Sure is. It's, it's, it gets me What's your up? breakfast like? What kind of meals? Yeah. Oh, I like, you know, I'm old-fashioned eggs. You know, I love my eggs. I love my bacon, turkey bacon. Really? I love Ooh, the turkey I bacon. bacon. Got to have some potatoes. I cut back on too much potatoes, but I love potatoes. Love it. You know what my breakfasts are like? With fruit the on the side and, and my know, breakfast and a coffee. Every day before work, uh, uh, a peanut butter and jelly and uh, either lettuce, kale, spinach, right. and a carrot. All right. Yeah, I, I use spinach too. By the time I, by the time <laughs> I get to lunchtime- uh -huh. Yeah, it, it, uh, the starches and the proteins. I only have a little bit. Well, something bit. that helps. <laughs> something that helps for you to feel like you're full is to trick yourself to thinking you're full. So make sure you eat slowly. Don't rush through your plate because then you're probably gonna go for seconds. Eat slowly. Enjoy your meal. Make sure you enjoy every sort of, you know, chew, sure. and uh, <laughs> and don't blow right through it. Put down your fork between your bites. That'll help out so you can slow down. Uh, another thing is <laughs> have to have a drink, of, a sip of wine between. Fill your plate with all of the healthy produce, veggies. Fill it with lean. Try to go for a leaner portion <laughs> of like the skinless white meat turkey. By opting for the white meat over the dark, you'll save about forty-five calories alone. Just by doing that. But I love the leg and the drumstick. And that's right. usually darker, right? Yeah, yeah. The darker meat, the brown meat. Yes. I'll live with those 45, eh? <laughs> I like be, it dark. Uh, actually, be mindful of your alcohol intake because just a little bit of uh, just an average glass of wine or beer is an extra 150 calories. I know. So I be know. careful. And then uh, the kind of beer I drink, it's like a whole loaf of bread. <laughs> it <laughs> is. <laughs> those IPAs. Oh, man. Yes. I can't do that. And then obviously... 
stay hydrated throughout your meal. Drinking some water can help you feel fuller so you will avoid having a larger plate or going for seconds or thirds, which I know sounds really fun, but... If you're 3,000 calories in one plate, can you imagine if you go for a second? I'm sorry. You know what, baby? Thank you for the good advice. But I'm going to sit on the part of the the table with the the wall behind my back Uh with two people or people on either sides because I'm going to plant there. (laughs) And you're not moving, man. I'm just like, bring me some more. My tip, bring a pillow because you're going to have that uh, tryptophan you know go to, food, go to coma. Food, food coma food coma there you go that's what I'm trying to say and then of course at the end just you know like you're saying keep it in perspective you're not going to gain 50 pounds by having one Thanksgiving meal but you know keep some options in consideration to uh, eat a little bit leaner stay hydrated and be careful with that wine and sex <laughs> Yes, get your sex in early so you can burn through those 3,000 calories. I love it. Or maybe you can like, maybe you can have it in the morning, eat a, eat a meal, take a nap, wake up in another another round. Otra vez. And so Shoot. you can burn off that first plate oh, wow. and then you can go for your second one. Are you listening to that, baby? <laughs> My wife, I hope you're listening. There you go. See, looking out for you guys here in Telus. Nice. That's Jackie Casas, multimedia journalist from NBC and Telemundo with the news and dirty laundry. Thank you, Jacka. 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 Jackie. (laughs) Hey, my wife is making uh, apple pie Uh from scratch. Nice. All organic. Wow. That's the way she do. Nice. I'm proud of my girl. Jackie, thank you. Happy Thanksgiving, baby. Happy Thanksgiving, guys. Good to see you again, baby. Okay, we're going to be right back with voiceover artist, actor, and radio show host of the Pocho Hour of Power, Ah. comedian, and awesome dude, Jeff Keller, as well as Greg Delger from eduskate.org. Stand by.
Melissa Martinez, your loca host of Maz TV. Just wanted to check in with y'all and let you know to catch our show every Saturday at 8.30 a.m. on Channel 20, DirecTV, Dish, and AT&T U-verse. Tune in. Welcome back to Twin Talk with Jose and Angel. I'm Jose. And I'm Angel. And we are broadcasting. And I'm mad at you, Jose. <laughs> <laughs> We're broadcasting live from Theo Luis's Garage on TwinTalkCast.com. The phone number here is 626-275-8946. Tonight, stay tuned. We have the founder of Educate.org. He's an educator, a skater, a surfer, and all-around cool guy who started an awesome skate program in the LAUSD um, um, and the LA Unified School District. Awesome program. You got to listen to him. But, a skate uh, park at a school? Yeah, how about that? Man. A full-on skate park. A full-on. Full-on thing. So uh, stay tuned for That's that. That's pretty awesome, man. Um, Want to let you guys know that we no, broadcast. no excuse to ditch school anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. So dang true. Let me tell you. Uh, we want to remind you that all our podcasts, all, all our radio shows are broadcast. I mean, our podcast for an archive for podcasts for your pleasure. You can go to TwinTalkCast.com to listen to all of our previous podcasts. Click previous podcasts. Hey, what did we have last week? Uh, last week we had Ali Tweeton, who is oh, yeah. who is the uh, the founder of At By Felipe, which is a Twitter and Instagram feed for those women who are jilted by these weirdos on those uh, online dating. Yeah, things. they 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 they, uh, they print screen um, you know uh, rude and bad remarks from guys when they when they get rejected onto their Instagram. It's kind of funny. Also, the founder of Beyond ALS. Dot org, uh, the, which is uh, Lou Gehrig's disease, uh, a tr- survivor and activist, Jose Cofino. He shares his story, and um, it's really great. So check it out. It's it called a good show. That podcast is called Adios Felipe, Goodbye ALS. Look uh, look for it on TwinTalkCast.com. Uh, anyway, so with us right now is uh, uh, the co-host of the radio show, Pocho Hour of Power. He's a voiceover artist, comedian, actor, and a friend of ours. And he's actually my alter ego because he fills in for me when I'm not around. Mr. Jeffrey Kella. How you doing, Jeff? I'm good, man. How y'all doing? Fantastic. Thanks for staying up for us. I know you're in the East Coast. Where are you at? Man, I'm at D I'm in DC and tonight I now I'm at the W Hotel. You ain't going to believe this. Hanging out with some dude named Ferguson. <laughs> <laughs> Holy cow. Are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he tried to hook me up with two white women. I'm like, oh, Ferguson finally did something good for a black guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. And so, you know, it's funny. Interesting that you bring that up. Uh, the reason why I invited you on the show is because aside from being a great actor and comedian and just great guy, you always have some very salient points and good insight when it comes to issues and politics and um, popular culture, and given the fact that this week has been a, a horrible week when it comes to just how things have been turning out and race relations, really wanted to talk to you about that. Uh, would you give our listeners, if you don't mind, a little bit of your background, just so they get know who you are? Um, well, I mean, you know, I play professional football. Um, I graduated from Washington State. Uh, university with a degree in political science, criminal justice. Um, you know, I've always been involved in, in some type of politics or some type of uh, activism. And, and I'm glad you're doing the ALS thing because the guy that I played with, 
Jeff Files at ALS. We just had a big thing for him a couple months ago. Oh, awesome. Awesome. Well, we had a great show. Go to beyondals.org if you guys want to check it out. <laughs> no, not awesome, but thank you for mentioning that. No, awesome that he did that. Oh. Okay. You know, I mean, I'm not, you know, for goodness sake. Anyway, <laughs> uh, what the... The the decision by the Supreme Court came down, as you know, a few days ago, and uh, it caused a lot of unrest around the country. Um, given the situation with the black police, I mean, black uh, victim and a police officer being white, my brother and I discussed this uh, a lot during our first hour of the show. Uh, my brother talks about it being a policy issue with the police, them being too aggressive, saying that it's not a race issue. Um, I agree with the non-race issue. Um, uh, what do you feel about that? I feel that, to me, it is a race issue. I mean, I think when I talk to, like, my white friends, they have different experiences with police officers than I do. And that's because things that happen to them, the things that happen to me doesn't happen to them. And so I'm going to perceive the police differently than, say, a white person. Right. I think you've seen that throughout America. That's why everybody's acting out is because people are having those same uh, situations with officers. You know, maybe not as drastic, but they're having some type of negative situation with police officers. Now, and what you mean is, you know, perhaps I'm assuming, and correct me if I'm wrong, some kind of profiling, being pulled over excessively and uh, and so forth. Is that what you mean? That that, that type yeah, of thing? Yeah, like, like... I don't mean to simplify yeah, it. No, no, really. No, a year ago, I got pulled over by two police officers. They pulled their guns out and asked me if I had any warrants. And I'm like, no, I have a degree in criminal justice, so you want to talk about how this is really supposed to go down. We can have that conversation. I see. And they got all offended. And so uh, how did that turn out? <laughs> because it turned out, well, it, was, it turned out good for me because it was hilarious because they were like, well, you know, your brake light was out. I go, well, you know, I've got a brake light in my glove compartment. What's one? And I'll fix it. And they're like, well... <laughs> they're like, well, we're not, we're not gonna give you a ticket for that. I go, you're not. I know you're not. They go, why? Go, because the brake light's not out. <laughs> and they're like, well, uh, have a good day. I go, no, I'm gonna have a great day now because I'm not gonna get a ticket. <laughs> well, Jeff, with all due respect, I've been pulled over for something minimal like that as well, and I've also been asked, you know, um, several times if I have a warrant. Now, I take it differently because I haven't. I don't, I haven't walked in the shoes uh, of perhaps people who have been profiled, or at least I don't think so. But I don't. I, I didn't find that out of the ordinary. Oh no, I, I've had that a couple times. I had a cop got mad at me because I had everything he asked for. <laughs> <laughs> you have a way with words, was, my man. <laughs> it was hilarious. It's so at the end of the, of the whole thing. He goes. The reason I pulled you over, there was a carjacking, and the car looked just like yours. I'm like, dude, are you trying to tell me someone carjacked someone for an 89 geoprism? <laughs> <laughs> he looked at me and said, have a good day, and walked off. <laughs> so, Jeff, um, the, um, my, my, by the, but what I've been watching and reading on the Internet and everything, um, the evidence that has come out, um, in regards to this uh, Darren Wilson and Michael Brown incident, in my opinion, and I'm not a lawyer, the, the, it's a preponderance of evidence that seems to corroborate the officer's story. Indeed, there's there's even six witnesses that were African-American that corroborate, that seem to corroborate his story. 
yet there's so many people that are angry and that, and what have you. Why do you think that is? Well, I think, first of all, you know, they did not videotape his first confession. Uh, they did not videotape the crime scene. They didn't do the things that they were supposed to do at the crime scene. Uh. And so those are some things that, that upset people. Um, you know, like he said, you know, he said some things without saying things. Like he said, well, he was holding his stomach by the belt. Well, that's when you shot him the first time. Of course he's going to be holding that. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's just something that he's saying. This, this officer is 6'3", 215. Are you going to tell me you really felt like Hulk, Hulk Hogan was coming back? He felt like a small guy? You're 6'3", 215. Right, right. Yeah, this guy, you know. the, the police officer is not that much short. He's, he's only about an inch shorter than him. Right. Right. And he didn't know about the, the, the cigar thing at the time that he confronted this young man. Well, how do you feel he though? Found out about how, that afterwards. how do you feel though about the fact that he he states that Michael Brown attacked him while he was still in the vehicle, and there is some physical evidence that seems to corroborate that. Okay, let's say that did go down. Let's say that did go down. Okay. Then he says that Michael Brown turned and ran away. So instead of Michael going and calling for backup or waiting for the other officers to get there, he chases Michael. Not only does he chase him, he shoots at him. Right. There's, there was no reason for that. Interesting. Once he's going to wait from you, he does not, he's not a threat to you. Anymore. See, but my point of view is this. Um, a, a, a policeman, black, white, Asian, Hispanic, whatever the policeman is, their job is to get a uh-huh. bad guy. Their job is to get a bad guy. And if a guy, a guy um, this is not to attack the victim who is dead now, but... And generally right. speaking, if I'm a police officer and somebody goes for my gun or attacks me or whatever, he's instantly a bad guy. I'm, isn't it my right. job to chase him, at least to see where right. he's going? Your job is to use as much force as necessary. What? So if he's going okay. away from you, your job is not to shoot and blast it. I mean, he shot the kid in the head. Right. The final shot was a shot to the head. Right. He was trying to kill that kid. He's already, the kid's already been shot. Right. That's see, uh, uh, Jeff. That's my thing. Is is my my whole argument? I think that uh, uh, my the that the um, that we need to go and look beyond the race. I'm not saying that it's it it is a race or not a race issue. We need to look beyond it and look at the mm-hmm. rules of engagement policy that the police have. There's a flaw there that. Based on the the lack of indictment, it that uh, that that we're we're killing when we don't have to kill, right, right, so, and, and you don't have to. And in the grand jury thing, you know, the makeup was what seven white jurors and three blacks, right? And a, and a seven whites voted not two, and the three blacks said yes because well, they said they believed the, the police officer, but they didn't believe the eyewitness that was standing right there, his buddy that was standing right there. It said that it might put his hands in the air. Yeah, well, because but the, that's why it, it, it should have went to trial. I mean, at the end of the day, for everybody to be happy, it should have went to trial so people be cross examined and we can test the evidence and everybody could get their say in it. That's a very good point. Now uh, we ha- we're running out of time. That's a point I was making. That's a very good point. <laughs> you didn't say that. <laughs> we're running out of time. No, it's a good point. But we were arguing other issues. Uh, <laughs> we're running out of time. But um, I have a feeling though. Let's say it went to trial. And uh, let's say uh, Darren Wilson is acquitted. People would still not have been happy, in my opinion. 
Well, how do you feel about that? Some people wouldn't. You're not going to please everybody. But I, I think at least the majority, we get to see the criminal justice system play out. And I think what has happened now is minorities do not trust the criminal justice system. Right. Yeah. right. I mean, there's a great book to read, The New Jim Crow. If you get a chance, read that. The New Jim and Crow. You, I'll tell you what. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it enlightened you about how the criminal justice system works and why it's there. Well, well, you know what? Uh, um, it's just a hot topic. I think we, we're not going to see the last day of protests, even this weekend. I think we've got oh, a lot more coming up. Uh, is there any final words you'd like to add in regards to this before we let you go? Yeah, I, I just want to say, if you are a minority teenager man, put your hands in the air as soon as they pull you over and say, yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> say, yes, sir. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's Jeff Keller, voiceover <laughs> artist. Yes, uh, actor, uh, uh, radio show host of the Pocho Hour of Power, and comedian. Uh, anything you want to, any anything you want to pimp out, my man? Hey man, you know Friday forty five Pocho Hour of Power. We've been having great shows. We had Macy Gray on uh, last week. Nice. Um, you know, and Lalo looks like may get his own show. So hey, you know, keep it in our prayers, guys. And uh, you know, us minorities, we need to stick together. All right, Jeff. Thanks so much. Have a good night, my man. Take care, Holmes. Bye, brother. All right, guys. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy holidays. Happy Thanksgiving. Bye-bye. All right, so we're going to be right back. We got Greg Delger, founder of Educate, educator, soccer coach, skater, and surfer. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Twin Talk. This is Jose. This is Jose from Twin Talk with Jose and Angel. We've gone to the section of the show, the segment that I call the Patriot Pass, and here is a segment that I started a couple of years ago during the last campaign because my brother and I would argue over certain political and ideological posts on Facebook, and I realized that not only is our are we often infringed on our freedom of expression by uh, the powers that be, but even by our neighbor. And so, therefore, here it is, ladies and gentlemen. Today, I want to talk about what's been going on in the last couple of weeks. Indeed, the last several months in Ferguson, we have been um, convicting via a court of public opinion um, uh, a police officer who had never had his day in court. And now people are protesting and they are angry because of uh, the indictment or lack of indictment for this police officer. And now there is too many people, in my opinion who have been acting irresponsibly and um, and turning to violence. Because I believe in the freedom of expression, I believe in protest, it is indeed written into our Bill of Rights, the First Amendment, protected by our government to do so. That doesn't mean we go out and we, and we destroy property and destroy other people's livelihoods. Yesterday, another black man died, not at the hands of a police officer, but at the hands of rioters in Ferguson, not far from where this um, Michael Brown passed away. So what I want to do is I want to read something by a young high school varsity football player named Evan Forte from Mills University High School. He's a free safety 
in that high school. And he says, we live in a country where the same people who slander the police will be the same ones begging for their help one day. Where the help, who, where the people who burn the American flag are the same ones living on government assistance. Racism is alive, but ignorance is alive as well. The double standards and race cards have to stop. Want to change the system? Become those police officers, those judges, and those lawyers. Be the system. I agree with this young African-American, but man, if there's any recruiters out there, look for him. He's an awesome ball player and obviously an awesome young man at Mills University High School. That's my Patriot Pass. There you go. That's my brother, Jose, exercising the biggest muscle in his body, his mouth, and his patriot path. All right, we're going to go to music break. And we'll be right back with Greg Delger. It's not all that wild to me. Not that I want to be in it all the way. I know it's hell out there. Yeah, yeah. 
Welcome back to Twin Talk with Jose and Angel. I'm Jose. And I'm Angel. <laughs> and we're broadcasting live from Tia Luis's garage on TwinTalkCast.com. And we're also doing it out of the largest internet radio network in the world. That's Live365.com. Go there and search for Twin Talkcast Radio. That's two words. Twin Talkcast Radio. We want to let you all know that you can listen to all our radio. Well, you can listen to all of our shows on TwinTalkCast.com. Just click, click uh, previous podcasts and uh, you'll check them all Download out. Download us on your gadget, eh? <laughs> Any gadget. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Anyways, tonight we've been talking about it. Um, we've been talking about it since, uh, since uh, all day. Um, uh, uh, the founder of an awesome program called Educate, as in educate, but Educate. There's a website called Educate.org. Uh, this gentleman, his name is Greg Delger. He's an educator. Been teaching kids uh, for many, many years in uh, LAUSD. He also is a teacher of special needs children, and he is the founder and president of Educate.org, and he also happens to have coached my son in soccer. Oh. He's a skater and a surfer, so uh, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Greg Delger. <laughs> What's up, Greg? Hey, thanks for having me out here, you guys. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Hey, thanks for coming out. Hey, Greg, let me tell you, we got listeners all over the world, okay, and we're telling, and my brother just introduced you as a, as a, as a teacher, a skater, a surfer, I'll tell you. Our listeners probably think everyone's a skater and a surfer out here in, right. in L.A., right? Yeah, very much so. Very much so. The soccer coach, I'm still trying to grasp the idea of how that was pulled off. So. Yeah. How it was pulled yeah. off. I learned on the fly, but your son's outstanding. At Thank that you. age, he's an all-star. Thank you, and you were awesome. I want to say, when I was in school, I, I was a special needs student, too. I, I had the special need to ditch. I understand. <laughs> My job is to keep you in class. Um, also with us, also with us um, via Skype. Uh, is a pro skater, Jonathan Bond. Jonathan, can you hear us? Yeah, hey, what's up, guys? What's up, Jonathan? Jonathan is, right now, he is uh, filming in Mexico, some kind of skating uh, film, and you're, spo- you're sponsored by by who? Who's your sponsor? Well, it's uh, Wrong Skateboards. It's a brand that picked me up when I was actually um, one of Delger's um, former students. Awesome. So this was maybe this was a while ago, and then I just been working with them, and pretty much, I mean, I've, there's other brands that help me out, but mainly just they're my main guys, you know. Well, thanks for joining us. I appreciate it via Skype from Mexico. Let's hey, go. Yeah, hey, man. don't hey, don't get don't let the federales pick you up. Hey, you might disappear. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, I actually got a story for you about that man. It happened yesterday. Oh. No. Uh, well, sure. We'll get into that in a little while. I want to get into Delger, please, first. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, 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 Greg, so first of all, uh, we talked about that you're an educator. Uh, do you typically, do you pretty much uh, are only a teacher of uh, special needs, or what's your curriculum? Yeah, basically I'm a resource teacher, and I support and I accommodate kids with special needs as far as, like, mild learning disabilities, uh, autism, and so forth. And uh, you grew up as a skater. So tell, tell us about your background as a skater. Believe it or not, I started skating at the age of eight and just kind of up and down the sidewalks. I was still a little young for the skate park scene, so that was a little dangerous. Mom was fearful of that, so we skated, you know, backyard parking lots. And then (laughs) I I actually uh, moved more into the surfing world 
and that's where I spent a lot more time. And we just skated to kind of pass time when there was no way. Hey, nowadays when you say I started at eight, they're gonna say you're a late bloomer. <laughs> yeah, seriously. There's uh, there's six year old girls out there killing it right now, and the video yeah. generation is just unbelievable so, what these kids are doing. Yeah. So, um, uh, as a teacher, you've been teaching what fifteen years? Yeah, about fifteen years. When at what point during your 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 tenure as a teacher did you decide? that you're going to start skating with your students or at least with students at LAUSD. How did this come about? Honestly, uh, I started in 2002. I had a rough time the first couple of years, and a lot of times you don't survive your first few years of teaching. Uh-huh. I was working in a predominantly Hispanic neighborhood, and I knew that I had this passion of skateboarding. They were building these parks everywhere. I started going around skating the parks, just fell in love with it. And I felt like this is an opportunity to try to bring something to this community to not only provide that outlet for the children, but to kind of provide a little depth for me as a teacher as well. What grades is this this school? Sixth through eighth. It's at a middle school right now. Lacan oh. Middle School is where the, the permanent skate park's located. Okay. So um, and you're a teacher at Lacan Middle School. Correct. And uh, so your passion for skating, somehow you were able to get the kids involved. How? Uh, you would just skate with them in the, after school outside? Or how did this happen? You, you would see the kids with their boards, and they just had such that cool factor that you knew they were real skaters. And, you know, that, that's where Jonathan comes in. Just that class, there were so many strong skaters that year that I had to get behind it. I had to, like, either get them to the skate park or right. try to bring a program to them and just – Really so, search to find that answer for him. So is that when you became the cool teacher, when you brought out your board and started <laughs> shredding with them? Yeah, I, I guess in a way. you know, The whole idea, I guess the cool factor may come with it, but it was just like I was trying to survive. I had this in my back pocket. You know, I, I grew when up you in say a skate you, shop. When you say you're trying to survive, what, what do you mean? Just just teaching in the classroom. You know, It was really tough for me in the beginning, and I was just reaching for a way to – to gain some, you know, um, credibility as, as a teacher. As a teacher, so that okay. so you went and you challenged him to a game of skate. <laughs> <laughs> no, almost, almost. How yeah, high can you I, ollie? I, I wish. <laughs> I, I I just kind of turned them on to where some of the local parks were and said, "Hey, you know, I'm for real." And I had the surfing background and. Just kind of, these kids are very real, and I felt like we, we hit it off at, on face value. He's a, yeah, my uncle Stacy Peralta. <laughs> hey, he's, he's no joke. That guy's unbelievable what he did with Tony Hawk and yeah. the crew he put together. Yeah. So, yeah. unbelievable. So, um, um, Jonathan Bond, who's on, the, on Skype with us uh, right now, was he one of our, what, was he part of your first class? Yeah, he just, he just stood out as just a, an amazing young man at the time, 13, 14 years of age. And, and the crew he was skating with, the level of skating and the photos that he was capturing back then, I was like, I'm going to get you sponsored. We're going to reach out and try to get you a couple of sponsors. And that's where Ron Clothing came involved. And they helped get behind me to sponsor some of the hot kids that were coming out awesome. year after year. And that's how our relationship Jonathan, was. Jonathan, did, uh, did uh, teacher Greg, uh, was he a nerd before he started skating with you? I... I don't remember too much. I just remember, like, as far as all the teachers, he was just pretty much, like, the one that was down for what we did. You know, every other teacher saw us, like, troublemakers at a really young age, you know? <laughs> Let me ask you, Jonathan, as a student, in all honesty, because, you know, uh, I really love this program. I'm not a skater. I surf. But I love this program because for many, many years, even now, um, the skating culture is sort of like um, – you know, you know the misfits and the kids that uh, uh, you know don't quite fit in academically. Uh, what was your status like uh, academically speaking in school? Were you like an A student, or where did you fall on that? I was somewhat in between. You know, I mean, I was like 
I was smart enough in school to do what I needed to do, but outside of school, I just all I did was just want to go out and hang out with my friends and go skate. Would you consider yourself now, in retrospect, would you consider yourself one of what they uh, they call uh, uh, an at-risk student? Um. What do you mean by that? Well, <laughs> at risk, a student is a, a, a moniker they give to students that, that they may be smart and everything, but they can probably fall into a, a path of, uh, of malcontent where they may get involved with gangs or just drop out of school or what have you. has nothing to do with your abilities, but just because of your surroundings. Would you consider, have considered yourself that, or you were pretty much run-of-the-mill student? No, it was it was like that at first, pretty much my whole life growing up from middle school up into high school. And then um, I pretty much just kind of grew out of it. You know, I figured out, like, how to get out of that, you know, and then pretty much got myself straight, you know, because I always kind of knew I can do better, but because of the people I was surrounded by and the, pe- the things that were going on around me, it was just like... Hey. I never had that example to actually go ahead and do better. Hey, Jonathan, every time you skate, you're at risk of breaking something, eh? <laughs> mm. Well, yeah, it's really something you don't think too much about, you know. You just kind of, you, you look, you kind of have to know what you're going for. So, um, uh, Greg, uh, when you started um, skating with these kids, you were taking them to parks and just around the neighborhood, not necessarily doing it on school campus. Yeah, believe it or not, I probably did back then what you're not allowed to do right now is get notes from their parents, put them in my car, and drive them up to the Glendale Park. And then we even started skating in the Denny's parking lot right around the corner from the school. It was wow. just just kind of a need to share. And just, you know, like I said, I was really down for these kids. I still am down. So when did it become hanging out with them and just kind of motivating them to, to with their skill and their art, if you will, uh, to, to a skate park that's sanctioned on campus to the school? How did it – where did it germinate? Well, I, I think it was a lot of luck, too, and, and a lot of perseverance by a number of people, not just myself. But and this was your idea, was it? The idea of bringing the skate park to the school, we did have a program. Uh, Beyond the Bell had a portable program, and they helped with the timing back in, like, 04, 05 to bring something out of the box. And then our insurance was cut, and then I said, well, we can raise the money. We can go for a permanent park and reached out to Garcetti and – had a lot of luck with, with local city council getting behind it, and then LESD kind of checking us, and then going for it and say, "Hey, we support this. We're going to put some money up as well." Now you're talking about Garcetti when he was president of the council, city council. Or yes, as correct. Because he's city now the council. mayor. Yeah, he's a very busy man right now. Yeah, very busy. So what you did is you approached uh, sponsors, obviously LAUSD for permission, and then of course city for. For what? Yeah, there, there's a number of people involved. First of all, I was getting permission from our principal to do a bigger event, like what, what, what you see on my shirt, the Skate of Palooza, to go bigger scale, and then having Garcetti's people come out to this event and being acknowledged as like a local hero in the neighborhood and receiving some grant money. But then his deputy, this lady by the name of Helen at the time, came out and said, you know what, I'm going to get behind this program before I go back to school. And she ended up going, I believe, back east to Harvard. Did they look at you and say you were crazy? Yeah, I was told many times I was crazy. Yeah? Yeah, I, you know, it just, but it's, when you see the popularity and the demand and, and the smiles that these kids have when they get to skate and put on these events, it's all worth it. So, so, so tell me a picture. The blacktop is now a skate park? One of the tennis courts now is a permanent LESD skate park at Lacan Middle School. It's amazing, actually. And so, so I have a question. Um, so how was it? How about the parents? How did they feel about that? The parents love it. You're keeping the kids off the streets and putting them in a safe environment. 
And it's not just skateboarding, but it's the academic incentives that are involved. Tell us about so, kids. Okay, what, what is that? Tell us about the yeah, academic Yeah, the incentives work. We're doing about two events a semester. And basically, if kids are being respectful, being responsible, they'll be invited out to these events. And that could be between the numbers of 75 to about 100 students that are currently enrolled in the skateboard program. When you say event, is a, it's a, a program like a, a, a mentorship, a teaching program? Or? We either have a pro rider come out or a pro team, you know, pharmacy board shop, Diamond. Awesome. Um, some of these companies come out. We just recently had the Quiet Life out there. And the idea is the kids get raffle tickets when they're invited to the event. There's a couple of kids that don't make it in because they've misbehaved. Wow. And then with those raffle tickets, they exchange it and they get hats. Hey, so, so if I could do an Ollie into a manual, do I get extra credit? I'm going to try to hook you up with a sponsorship. <laughs> Especially at your age, we're going to pull this off right now. If my brother could do an Ollie, dude, I'll give him a The big joke, the guys I'm skating with, we're still all trying to get sponsored. We're pushing our, into our 50s. So, I mean, it's like it's a big joke. So uh, I'm looking at your website. Our mission, it says, your mission statement says, Educate strives to improve the education of America's youth by providing skate programs in the schools to increase student engagement with innovative extracurricular skateboarding programs and uh, so on and so forth. So now you have a full-on skate park, legit skate park right. on the school campus. Who has access to that? Right now, only LeConte Middle School students have access to that park. Uh, John, uh, are you still as a superstar? Do they let you in with a? You, do you have a carte blanche? You there, John? Oh yeah. Sorry, Jonathan. Uh, <laughs> because, uh, I didn't know you got switched over. To yeah. The, since, what was the question? since you're a superstar, do they still allow you to go to the skate park, even though you're an old man now? Uh, Delgers Park. To, yeah, to Leconte. Oh yeah, yeah. Of course. I mean, they they accept me there with open arms. You know. I'm more than happy to come through every time they have an event. Like, Greg always hits me up and lets me know, you know, if I want to come hang out and skate with the kids. And I always make time to go back and kind of remember where I came from and where this is going. Hey, Jonathan, so, I, I, hey, he's, good. he's trying to steal your moves, eh? Yeah, not even close. <laughs> not mean, even like, close. <laughs> we all we are learning from each other, you know? Hey, Jonathan, is this really – I mean, you're still uh, close enough to um, – to school, you're still young enough to be so close to just the school scene that, I mean, come on, tell us, tell us the truth. Does this really make a difference on these kids? Does this really keep the kids off the street? Does this really motivate the kids to do better in school and behave and all that? Well, I mean, really, in reality, it's just more like what I what I see is a lot less kids going into. Well, I mean, we're all we're all heading a different direction, but. This kind of what it does, it gives you a different perspective, you know. Because when I went to middle school, when I was their age, all I had around me was just fucking, I mean, gangbangers, you know. Right. And, right. I mean, we were like the only weird skater punk kids, you know. So it was, it was we didn't really <laughs> know which way to go. So we kind of always hung out with the with those other people. Right. Because that's the, the other direction was either be like a nerd or be, you know, a badass. Right. So, but eventually, <laughs> I mean... It all just kind of, through skating, it all just kind of gave us our own direction because we stuck together as our own little crew, and and eventually we all just kind of separated from all that type of negativity, I guess you'd call it. What does but, it feel like, Jonathan, to have the school validate your your passion? You know, because a lot of times, growing up, the skate for me, the skaters were part of the misfits too. You know, wearing yeah. black, hanging out. <laughs> they were just kind of. How does it make you feel as a? How did it make you feel as a student? 
at middle school to be validated by a teacher like Delger, Delger and, uh, and the school? It actually, it's like one of the best things that can really happen to you as far as like being in a public school. And like, it's the best thing that can happen because you have someone that understands you, you know, and helps you and teaches you and, you know, just like. Can I just say, can I just say that's fucking awesome. That's fucking (laughs) awesome. That's really awesome. So uh, great. You know, so now you've gotten to a point where you have a bonafide skate park at uh, LAUSD campus. You were, we were talking before a few weeks ago that you want to expand it to other schools. That would be the idea, absolutely. Uh, and uh, How do you want to go? How can you go about that? You, you know what? There's a lot of red tape to cut. I think right now it's just creating the awareness and then, you know, with skaters like Jonathan getting behind it and hopefully branching out to other administrators and other school districts, but also letting LAUSD students know that they can proposition their teachers to sponsor a club which can eventually be a part-time park that could go to a permanent park. Because, you know, LAUSD being such a huge school uh, or district (laughs) in Los Angeles where it never freaking rains, Mm -hmm. there's there's skaters in every freaking middle school and every elementary school and every high school. I mean, you'd have them tearing down the doors to go in it. Absolutely. I mean, the dream right now is whenever they go to build a new school is to build a skate park to support the athlete of a skater. I mean, that would be the perfect dream. Right sort now. of like uh, the elementary schools build, the build basketball building courts. the basketball courts. Yeah. In the, oh, interesting. We have to be respected as athletes. That's interesting. Yeah, looked at as athletes. Are you, do you consider yourself a jock, Jonathan? No, nah, I never really did. I was—I always just—I never got along with them. <laughs> but you're an athlete, my man. You really are. My brother Angel, his sons were amazing skaters. They're really badass skaters. And yeah, that's one of their passions as well. Uh, so, what do you? What do you? Uh, we're running out of time, and I hate this because this is such a great topic. We went over overboard, but I, I, this is. So awesome, Greg. I think it's a, it's it. a great thing. What do you need? What does Educate need to move forward? What what can we help you with? You know, we need to I'd create just more support, passing the word around, sharing with more schools. You know, like possibility of sharing different things with kids and giving them a different perspective. You know, I'm kind of showing them that teachers want to, you know, be a part of what they do also because. I know, I mean, kids hate teachers and shit, you know, but <laughs> if your teachers can share your passion for other things and understand you in a different way, then, I mean, that alone just changes everything. I've got to tell you, I'm really inspired by what you're saying, Jonathan, because it's so true. If someone, if a teacher can share the passion of a kid who tends, the, a group of kids who tend to be the exactly. misfits and what have you, or the ones that really don't quite fit in, or, I mean, what what a great source that is for the child. Yeah, I mean, that just changes you from a teacher to a role model in a way. You know? Awesome. Just a sort of a, of a mentor because I have several, you know, and these are people that I've all learned from. And, you know, I'd say Greg is one of the people I have been able to learn something of. That's so hey, fantastic. And it's so cool if you can ollie around the school, man. You get the chicks yeah, like that. <laughs> in, the sixth, in the sixth grade, all we did was, like, you know, where, where the skate park is now was used fucking for street hockey, you know. <laughs> you know, for a key, and I always wondered, like, dude, it'd be so awesome to get some ramps in here. And, I mean, a year later, Dodger came into the school, and then we all just kind of put a plan together. It was just an idea, you know, just to kind of do something fun with the school. And I'm really happy to see, you know, that it's grown so much. And that is that so I see awesome. kids, you know, kind of being introduced to new things, you know, a whole new thing that... They always, I mean, it's like every little kid, you know, if you're a skateboarder, you're cool, you know, it's like, 
it gives them that chance that maybe they can feel like that, you know? And, I mean, it's because with skateboarding, no one really judges you. It's just, I mean, as far as, like, with what race you are or where you're rich or poor, you know? Skateboarding is one big family that can be brought together just by sharing that feeling of learning and skating and, you know? Hey, Jonathan, Jonathan, you make an, a, a fantastic ambassador. You really do. <laughs> Absolutely. You really do. And I ha- I've never watched you skate, but I'm sure you're a badass because Greg says so. Uh, but uh, thanks so much for joining us all the way from Mexico. Are you in Mexico City? Yeah, Mexico City actually right now for another week too. Wow, nice. Hey, when you come back, make sure you come over here to Theo Luis's garage and, uh, and we'll, we'll, we'll talk on the air again. Yeah, come on down. All bro. right. And I'll challenge you to a game of skate, man. Mm-hmm. Sounds yeah, good. Right, Jonathan good, Bond, man, pro, we'll skate, about... uh, pro skater, filming in Mexico, uh, sponsored by Wrong Clothing, right? Yep. Um, uh, thanks a lot, Jonathan. We're running out of time, but Greg, please uh, let our listeners know, because uh, this is going to go and be archived for podcasts indefinitely. Fantastic. What, uh, what we can do, what, uh, you know. To, to help this program It's so awesome I appreciate you guys Creating awareness You know Just to push um, this forward help teachers Inspire these kids In different ways You know Just support In general Alright Jonathan Let's have uh, Greg uh, Speak as well Go ahead Greg Yeah absolutely I think just what Jonathan's saying Is oh. create the awareness With uh, the teachers And having students Become oh. empowered To go to administrators Saying that they want Skate parks on school Campuses So they can embrace The sport and the culture Of skateboarding because it is a brotherhood and sisterhood, and we're all working together. Mm-hmm. There's no difference between Jonathan and I. That's what interest brings us together is the sport of skateboarding, and that's how we see it eye to eye right now. You're awesome, Greg. You guys are. Right on. Greg Delger, educator in the LAUSD system, who, the man who built the park, a skate park, at, at a freaking middle school. Build it and they will come. If you build it, they, they will won't, come. they won't ditch school educator, anymore. <laughs> educator, <laughs> the founder of Educate.org. Go to Educate.org. See what you can do to help. If there's any people out there with corporate connections, help it out. It's helping the kids. What an awesome program. Uh, one other people. Uh, you have any other uh, websites or social media you want to know? Uh, you can hit us up on uh, Facebook at Educate, and then Educate.org is our uh, Twitter but, yeah, we're just creating awareness, corporate backing, but partnering with other people just to get the word out there would be fantastic. Jonathan, thank you very much for being with us. Greg, thanks for being with us. Thank you, guys. Right on, Jonathan. Yeah, you're welcome, dude. All right. We'll, we'll be right back with Angel's Chill Lounge. All right. See you guys. Awesome, dude. He was great. What a great ambassador you got there. He's badass. All right, we're going to do a quick close of the show, and then we're going to take a photograph for our website. Cool. Hey, uh, this is Jose from Twin Talk. want to let you guys all know that 
At 9.05 tonight, every Wednesday night, well, every Tuesday night, but on Wednesdays now, Tales from the Sunset Strip with Willie Bass. Willie Bass is here right now. What's going on with on your show tonight, my man? We've got Jeff Simons on tonight, who owned a club called The Rock Corporation in Van Nuys. Nice. It was a mainstay in the 70s and 80s where all the bands played. I'm talking Van Halen. Awesome. Quiet Riot. The Go-Go's was a punk band, dude. we, we got some <laughs> stories for you. Awesome. <laughs> Definitely. Right on. And uh, I've got the doctor on, uh, Susan Block. I can't wait. She's got a new book out called uh, Bonobo, The Bonobo Way Book. And uh, she has a philosophy with um, the chimpanzees. There's a species that's close to us, the humans, and they don't they don't kill each other. They don't fight. They just love. Oh, we're going to listen to that. <laughs> love in the 60s so, uh, way. We're going to learn some stuff tonight, and you guys tune in, and we'll see you soon. Willie Bass, he knows everybody in the industry, man. Great show. Tales from the Sunset Strip with Willie Bass tonight. Stay tuned. All right, we'll be right back with Angels Chill Lounge. Take this moment here today to speak of this Thanksgiving holiday. The books they say, the pilgrims and the Indians, and how they met. But it's something else that you can bet. With this spoken, I bring a task to take a moment and just ask. In the morning when you wake, with a switch, is that all it takes? To light the sun or make it rain. To stop the hurting when there's pain. To make the grass grow underneath, to make your hair grow and your teeth. And when you're cut, what makes it fade? It's something else. It's not your band-aid. So the next time when you're fed, and the next time when in bed, and today before we part, let's give him thanks straight from the heart. Chill, one love. And that's another edition of Angels Chill Lounge. 
Thanks for joining us again on Twin Talk with Jose and Angel as we broadcast from TwinTalkCast.com in Theo Luis's garage. And uh, thanks to our, our, our guest, Greg Delger from Edescape. Thanks, Holmes. That's a great thing, dude. Right on. Thank you, guys. Happy Thanksgiving. I appreciate the opportunity to create awareness for skate parks on school property. And let's do something live at one of your skate parks. That's awesome. That would be a dream come true. Yes. All right. Let's do that. Nice. That would be even better. Yeah. <laughs> I also want to thank uh, actor, voiceover artist, comedian, and the co-host of El Pocho Hour of Power, Keller. Jeff Keller, thanks for joining us and calling in all the way from Washington, D.C. And from Mexico, and Jonathan Bond, the skater. Pro skater, Jonathan Bond, what an honor. And what Very a, cool individual. Great ambassador. He's great on ambassador. a journey, that man. He is. Good for him. Thanks for joining us. Make sure you tune in next week. Next week, we have the cool uh, Americana hip-hop pop band, uh, thick as thieves They're going to be in here In the garage And of course Stay tuned Tonight Tales from the Sunset Strip With Willie Bass Good night everybody Shoo